Thank you very much for choosing time to listen to All Said and Done. This podcast is engineered to make sure that we bring out community stories that are not being told. Our guest today grew up a sickly child, and at the age of 14, he discovered he was HIV positive. And this came out of an operation procedure which had to be undertaken because he had tuberculosis of the bone. His world came to a halt. Suicidal thoughts gripped his mind. In denial, he took long to consistently take prescribed treatment, which brought him to near death. He spoke out on Daylight Business Radio's All Said and Done podcast of how his spiritual conviction and counseling helped him get back on treatment to a point where today he has undetectable viral load. With so many things in between those situations, you want to listen to this. Welcome to this podcast. All Said and Done is intention to capture community conversations with the objective of bringing the best out of it. Well, well, after all is said and done, here's your host, Vincent Kapembwa. Got a great guest in studio who I just met a couple of days ago. Literally, like, we met when? Monday? Monday. We met on Monday, and I think a spark went through there. Uh, this young man is called Will Broad Simfuko. Welcome to All Said and Done, and also welcome to Daylight Business Radio. Thank you, Andrew. I want to thank you, first of all, for taking the interview. Uh, for us to start at 8, you must have started your day pretty early. Mm-hmm. Do you have a problem waking up early? Uh, no. No, I usually wake up at 5. Mm. Yeah, I do my devotion. Okay. Um, when you say devotion, uh, it sounds spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Is that a religious devotion? Yeah, I have my prayers. Okay. do my Bible study. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would I then say you are a strong, grounded Christian? Yes, yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am. Spirituality is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. The, the subject of religion, um, sometimes I tend to think it's one of the tools that um, is used to keep people in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm also very religious, <laughs> yeah, so but I still I have you. questions, mm-hmm. and it's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, it is. It mm, is okay. It is a good thing. All right. I only introduced you by name. Tell us who is Wilbrod. Okay. So Wilbrod Sifugwe um, is the last born in the family of uh, thirty-three. Thirty-three. Yep. Wow. Tell me, this is from multiple women and multiple men. Mm, one man okay. and multiple women. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be just uh, sensitive by saying multiple <laughs> yeah, men and yeah. multiple. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the last born in my mother mm-hmm. and also the last born in all the children that my father had missed us in Fukui. Oh, okay. And I'm born to Iuda Sifukui. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many siblings do you have? Let's just now say within your mother's we, womb. Uh, we are remaining eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Uh, and your mother, is she still around? She's still around, but my dad is late. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And what's your mom right now? Uh, she's in Fiwali at the farm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In the African context, there are some things that uh, are not the obvious. For example, let me do a test on you. Mm-hmm. When did you last hug your mother? Like a, like a hug, like you just embrace your mother. Mm-hmm. You see? <laughs> so I, I'm I, correct? I, yeah, it, I did the last, when I visited her, uh-huh. yeah, I, I did that. How long ago was that? That was September. Okay. September. Those are two things that really don't happen yeah. easily. Yeah. Shaking your father's hand mm-hmm. and hugging your mother. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Um, I hug my mother every time I see her uh, back in Lusaka. Okay. So tell me about your your professional life. What else do you do? Okay. So um, for me, on my profession, I'm, I'm a community development worker. Okay. I'm working with Kitwe City Council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say community development, it sounds very complex. What do you do? What are your basic things you do in the office? So basically for me, I implement and undertake uh, programs that are to um, improve on 
social economic and development in in the community so basically mm-hmm. it's involved with uh uh recreation uh div- sports development mm-hmm. and also adult literacy mm-hmm. yeah so there are quite a number of things sometimes yeah. it depends where uh, i'm sent mm-hmm. yeah and also with this um CDF we are involved just to do sensitization okay. and just to provide guidance on people that want to apply. Mm. Yeah. I knew it was a complex job already mm-hmm. from just how you said it. <laughs> yeah. Um when I met you we were sitting on a TV platform and we were talking um uh, HIV AIDS infections especially in young people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you captivated me when you courageously said this on national TV that you are living with HIV. Yes. Um tell me how did you learn that you were HIV positive So I learned after you underwent an operation that mm-hmm. was in 202005 Mhm so I had gone for an operation and after the operation they say that TB of uh, TB so after the treatment that's when now after the TB treatment after I completed then they said uh you are hiv positive okay mm-hmm. um how old were you 2005 14 14 um what led to you going for the tb treatment what was what was your problem what were you experiencing so most of the time i would have cough a night sweat mm. and um i had some complications some growth mm-hmm. on my neck mm-hmm. so as a result of that operation that's when they did uh, discover that I had tb of the bones actually mm-hmm. yeah so then after the treatment that's when they said i was hiv positive so b- because of the main, mainly because of the same growth that i had mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um before we get into the subsequent of getting such news how was your life before then How would you describe your life? My life was uh, complicated, I would mm. say that, because for me I grew up a sickly child. I was in and out of out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, I at some point I hated my life because it's where you I, I would be sick like on a weekly weekly basis. Mm. And so it affected my in terms of my performance at school. Sometimes I never had a lot of friends. I would not go to visit other families because I was sick mm. and I would just stay with within my nucleus family that were that knew my kind of health. So mm. it was already a complicated life. So your nuclear family still could not um have had an idea that it was an, a case of hiv no okay no. Mm. so um what grade are you at that time i was in grade 7 grade 7 grade 7 oh, okay now you learn about this how did life become what was your reaction at first because at first i was told that i had tb so for me tb was not really a big deal because i learned it is something that is Curable. No, curable. Yeah, some forms are curable. Yeah, yeah, some forms are curable. Then after now the treatment was done, we went to to a private hospital uh in Lusaka and then here we were made you know to sit like they make you to feel yes. comfortable yeah. and what not. The counseling process. Yeah, so I remember 
Dr. Lisa I actually remember her name after that mm. she she made me and my mom to sit and she was like I'm sorry to say but you are HIV positive and for me just there and then I felt like something left me within it's mm. like a, a part of me was left I remember having tears coming coming out and I left the room I didn't even know where I was going I left the doctor's office and my mother started uh, running after me and getting me back and it I became frustrated depressed you know it's where I I lost the sense of 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 living because I was always going through this sickness moment then here comes HIV which is unincurable mm. so it, it affected me a lot that you know i had suicide struggled with suicidal thoughts many of the times that you know i stopped doing the things that i used used to do like being with friends mm. praying uh, the games football i i literally stopped mm. and most of the time i'll be alone uh, so it it became so hard mm. it became so hard was one of the things crossing your mind how did i get it did you Did you ask yourself that? Did you want to find out? Yeah, I I did want to find out. Uh, yeah, it for me because of always being sick and you'd see this advert that sometimes I'd like what if I'm actually positive. So when when that came it became You mean when you were sickly yeah. when you see these promotional materials yeah, or, and you think what if it see, is? Yeah, what if it it really is. Mm. And so now Uh, after that it now uh I, i started asking myself maybe it's because of my father the way he lived mm. and all that and so for me i i i i had this inch within me that it could be something as a result of 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 acquiring from my parents mm. but then i didn't I didn't know how, how to go about it. So sometimes my life with mom because my my dad died a very long time ago. So sometimes I would, I became my relationship with my mom actually wasn't that good mm. because sometimes I would just be upset not talk to her for some days. Yeah, and I had this bitterness toward my late dad mm. because for me i knew that he's a, is the person who had put me in in that position though mm. i never really asked my my mother to say how did i get this mm. but i just had the, that inch that this is a result mm. did your mother open up uh, to these conversations with you would she initiate a conversation like that with you mm, she initiated uh, i think that stuff uh, some time in 20 uh 2018 yeah somewhere there uh, because at that time he had accepted my had been a place of acceptance and then uh she she told me to say you know we are sorry uh she was like you uh, we are sorry how you know your father how he lived this life but this is not something that we or I wanted wanted for for you mm. Mm-hmm. How's your heart now with your mother? My heart is at peace mm. even with my late dad even though he's not alive my heart is 
at peace. Okay. I suppose that's the beginning of some healing mm-hmm. or one, one form or the other. Mm-hmm. Now, while you're going through this uh, moment of actualizing the thought or the information that you have been given that you are, you are HIV positive, that's how come you've been sickly all your life. Mm-hmm. How has been your support? How was your support system from your family and those close to you? Okay. So for me, I, I would say I have a loving family. Mm. I have a loving fr- family and I have supportive friends, mm. supportive friends. So uh, I remember when I, I discovered my, my brothers would come, you know, encourage me, uh, speak, you know, this is not the end of your life. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes my brother would uh, get me one of my brothers, I will not mention, mm. but he would get me just have a hawk and we would be talking about life and mm. just encourage. So the support from my family has been overwhelming. Mm. both from my nuclear family and the extended the, yeah, yeah, entire family okay. and I've had friends that have been been there one of one of my good friend gift was 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 there for me he knew that I was in medication he encouraged me he was supportive even after that I have friends that do support me and and encourage me so I have survived because of people's support and love mm. for me. Because I remember sometimes I would not even go, I would say I would not take my medication, I would not go for my checkup. My brothers would go and take my medication. Mm. And, and yeah. So about your social groupings, um, earlier you mentioned that you, you indicated that you're quite spiritual. Yeah. Uh, what role did the church or your religion play? Okay, so... The, the church, I, I believe, uh, at first, uh, when I discovered that, so it's a place where you have lost all hope. You don't even see yourself growing up maybe to be 30 and, and whatnot. Mm. But uh, I, I started going to church as a place of encouragement, as a place of hope. And I, I remember I started, I shared with those that were close to me, like one of the reverend in, in the church. I'm you, I'm you, CZ. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I shared, and you know, the, he would encourage me. But uh, again, there was a time I made the mistake because after I discovered and I didn't really accept, so I, I stopped like really taking the medication for almost three three years and mm. I almost died. Mm. And one of the things maybe that would have contributed was the issue of faith to say, I'll just be praying and believe God for my healing. If he doesn't heal me, let me die. I'm not going to take uh, the medication. But through proper counseling, I realize that God and medication, they can work hand in hand. That's actually a very valid point because um, you and I have probably seen or heard these stories where people place faith uh, not to degrade their level of belief in supernatural beings and and the power of God, as it were, uh, but they tend to fail the principle of religion that faith without actions is, is there. Yeah, um, that's a very valid point. So people should continue with their faith, but at the same time, uh, and trust the power of medication. Medication, true. Yeah. True. Um, tell me now some of those things that you had to now. You've already touched on giving up on taking your medicines, deliberately missing appointments. 
What are some of the effects when you started taking the medication? What was your body like? So at at first when when I at you no know, was taking the medication at first experience I would experience dizziness mm. and yeah I, I think most most of the time it was dizziness and uh sometimes I could just feel like nausea and until I think for for almost two weeks and then you get used and sometimes you'd have dreams we had dreams as mm, like hallucinations yeah, yeah hallucination but mm. then after sometimes you you get stabilized mm-hmm. you get stabilized did you participate in in any support groups you know like uh, the most popular one i would remember is uh, alcoholic anonymous they would normally meet and accept the fact that we are alcoholics and then begin talk about issues <laughs> did you ever go to groups like that or were you introduced to groups like that I was not used uh, uh, to to any group and I've never been uh so like I said I was in denial like I was in denial so I never really accepted so even when it comes to going to appointments really share even when I went to review how would not say my problem I'll just say I'm okay I'm fine like to deceive the yeah to deceive the the medical personnel the medical personnel are you taking your drugs yes i am i'm taking my drug but in the actual sense i was not even taking i would miss my drugs sometimes i would just throw them away so mm. they never really knew my actual state uh, state yeah. and as a result they they couldn't they wouldn't help me. you the yeah, best way the best way yeah What's the frequency like of these taking medications? How often do you take in a day or do you take over a certain period of number of days? Mm, so um being on ART is more of a daily thing. Like you take what. So it depends with what line you're taking. So at first uh when I started I would take uh two two times in the morning and in the evening. But after 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 uh stopping taking the medication i was introduced to a new a line drug. of drug yeah line of drug okay. and so i takes uh, one one tablet a day okay mm-hmm. all right you you mentioned that you you would entertain suicidal thoughts did you ever attempt to actualize suicide i would say so because of yeah of of the same sometimes out of uh, dose myself I would take more than that because I knew that these drugs are powerful hmm. that's in my sense the same yeah. antiretroviral yeah. treatment drugs you overdose yourself yeah, I would overdose myself sometimes I would contemplate sometimes I'd go in the kitchen get the knife but then because of of the the message of our christian faith I out just there i can't mm. your religion would twice. intervene uh, uh, yeah I, i can't be in hell twice i've been hell and i send myself in hell mm. so it's just there then i'll just mm. okay that was a good so metaphorical way of putting I feel it the the greatest suicide attempt i made was to stop taking medication okay that said what would you call was your lowest moment I know you did say you almost died uh, in my imagination I would think that was the lowest moment. Yeah. What would you call? Would you share with us what would you'd reference to as that was my lowest moment? Okay, my, I would say uh my lowest moment 
I feel it's been a place where I became so hopeless mm-hmm. that I gave up on on life itself mm-hmm. and I w- was just waiting waiting to die mm-hmm. which led me to being to acquire aids mm-hmm. that I actually I 2013 actually that's when it, it I became in that state and I was hospitalized mm-hmm. twice twice and that was my lowest moment of of being HIV positive that also led me after being properly cancelled to come to a place of acceptance to okay god i'm not dying so let me just do my part and you you do your part mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i know you've mentioned uh, now even just now that it was more spiritual conviction that brought you back to you know being having a positive attitude mm-hmm. How did you really gain the strength at what point what was the turning point okay so the the turning point uh, i i the turning point was me having to come to realize that i have a purpose despite being hiv positive because i remember when i actually i was in that hospital there was this other man that came and he was told that he had uh, he was at tuberculosis mm. and so the next time i went i was told that he passed away and i'm here thinking to say god he had the family he had people that are looking up to him and here i am i'm not even i don't even have a family even if i die no one would really uh miss me but here i am i'm, I'm alive Mm-hmm. And so it's that sense of realizing to say I believe there is a purpose why I am still alive today mm-hmm. and that was really a turning point for me. Have you found that purpose? Would you say I know why I have been preserved? Yes, I know. You want to talk about that now? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I would simplify it to say my my purpose is to encourage and give hope to someone who is passing through different challenges in their life mm. that's the the purpose that I'm here mm. to give up and to encourage speaking of that are you doing that now um are you doing activism are you are you speaking out yes yes i am uh, i use i use my my facebook account mm-hmm. to just encourage to inspire and then i also go to places where i'm invited when they invite me to just go and share my story and just be an encouragement to to other people i uh, i do that mm. and one of the things that i decided to do this year was to go into schools just to educate to sensitize and to help someone there to make the right choice in life mm. and they should not take advantage of their health and live careless Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. When did you go out public about uh, your being HIV positive? So, um that was 20 2019. Okay. Yeah, so my first place was uh, church. So it was a youth Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh it was a youth Sunday and I was supposed to to preach. And so just as we started the week, I I got sick and uh, kidney infection mm-hmm. so instead of preaching sa- someone mm, substituted yes, for you yeah. obviously so after coming back i i told god I, i'm going to just 
allow them just me share my story so i went i, I think it was just to me and share to say okay i'm living with hiv mm. i'm living post positive mm. and here i am i'm alive so that's where i began and also i started now sharing my story via uh, facebook okay mm-hmm. what was the reaction actually that was the best gospel preaching you ever did i guess <laughs> yeah what was the reaction can you describe the room what, what was that moment like so the the reaction was where people would come now to say oh i have someone who is actually leaving that some people would come to say you you are an encouragement to me Mm. and what not and and before even i made the decision to come out actually i i had to talk to my my elder brothers mm. i had to seek consent yeah. of course it affects them yeah, it affects uh, them. how so, would people also yeah, start it, to look at them should yeah, you go public yeah. so i i talked to my elder brother and said yeah it it would be a good uh, platform to, for you to encourage mm. others so uh people came in my inbox to say oh i have someone oh you're an encouragement even now uh people say oh you encourage me some they will just reach out and just seek guidance so mm. it has been uh a fulfillment in some case where the purpose that I'm that I'm preserve is being actualized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's your facebook handle just in case somebody listening right now wants to go and check it out uh wilbrod simfukwe okay wilbrod simfukwe with all this positive energy now you show you have exhibited after the the whole ordeal Do you get sometimes when you fall off that carriage do you feel ah, this is not happening Yes sometimes I do Yeah what causes that Sometimes there are times where you feel like you're not doing enough Yeah you're not doing enough so sometimes you are in that place sometimes where you want to pursue something and it doesn't work out mm. the way you want it to mm. work out some mm. you you get in that place of 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 discouragement mm. and i think just some days ago i was sharing with one of my friend to say okay i think this year has been in that year where i i don't know my life has been a mix of ups and downs mm. yeah because of what what because of the things that i planned to do and then they have not happened this year so there are those moments where uh you you get to have yeah. the downs but not really necessarily because of my health mm. but just mainly because of yeah. life happens it, it would ideally happen in, with in, or without in, your condition mm, yeah mm. you've indicated that you went back onto treatment how's your viral load now um and undetectable okay mm-hmm. all right so the undetectable state also means that uh, the it transmission be, rate yeah okay zero. all right mm-hmm. does that give you some hope in getting married having kids yes yes it does okay yeah, so I, i feel like i said when i gave up but i the moment i accepted i had to have a hope of a lot of things mm. uh, having a career mm. having a family and even without being having this uh undetectable state mm-hmm. i'm one person who said okay even if i wanted to get married i would let this other person know about my my status so yeah um i i believe I, i'm in a relationship about it okay I'm, congratulations I'm, <laughs> thank you i'm in a relationship believing to get married mm. soon okay uh, and i'm hoping to go in my my career mm. yeah probably get get a degree and one of my aspiration in the future is be fully a minister 
join the ministry. Okay, like religious ministry. Yeah, okay, yeah. somebody would be thinking <laughs> ministry of Shanshani. <laughs> yeah, in the, okay. Yeah. So that's that's my aspiration. Okay. After all is said and done, how's Wilbred Simfukwe? I believe Wilbred Simfukwe now is a purpose-living person, mm. full of life, full of joy, uh, healthy, mm-hmm. and giving hope and, uh, and encouraging the world mm. today. Yeah. I like your perspective over the world because that's just how wide the problem is. Mm. Now that we have come to this point, there is somebody who's going through something right now because that's the nature of life. They're at the lowest point. It may not be a case of being HIV mm-hmm. positive or battling a, a health condition, but it could just be different tragedies. They lost a parent, the, the lost hope, uh, a life partner, they lost a child, or they don't have work. Things are just not working out. Mm-hmm. Um, since you've gone through such an ordeal and you've managed to come out this strong, uh, uh, clearly as I see it, what would you say to that person to motivate them out of that down pit? Okay. My encouragement would be the first is to uh, acknowledge your pain. Acknowledge your, your pain and accept. Uh, because we all go through life a situation that sometimes may seem to be de- defining us but do not allow that situation to define who you are you are not the cancer you are not a broken person so once you accept and realize that that situation does not determine you and your response is what really matters how you now face that 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 problem that you're facing is what really matters. Seek help. Seek help. If you are religious, go to church. Uh, find support. This will help you to live a normal, normal life. Hmm. As as long as you are alive, there is still hope. No hope is lost. There is still hope for a better tomorrow. Hmm. No situation is permanent. So live responsibly. And don't give up on yourself. There you go. All said and done podcast. Don't miss the next episode.